dealing with, and, and they don't think that he's going to be making it much, much longer. So um, you pray for uh, the Mayfields, pray for Brother Dave. Uh, his dad, Brother Mayfield, has pastored in uh, uh, Seattle at Gateway Baptist Church for years and, and uh, been a, a great force for the Lord, been faithful and, and uh, a great servant of, of the Lord. And it's um, a wonderful thing to, um, the Bible says, precious in the sight of the Lord are the death of his saints. And I'm sure that those that have served him and faithfully labored for him for, him for years, it's even a, more of a special homecoming. And so, uh, but it's nonetheless difficult on the family members and also you'd be praying for, uh, for the Mayfields. <clears throat> now, Jeremiah chapter 36 we're going to take a look at two verses, verse number 3 and verse number 4. Um, well, actually, Jeremiah chapter 36, verse number 3, and then Jeremiah 38, verse number 4, and uh, kind of put these together, these two contrary thoughts or opposing viewpoints, I guess, if you will, and um, take a look at from God's perspective and from those that hear the Word of God and their perspective. And so from Jeremiah chapter 36... Look at verse number three. <clears throat> this is the Lord giving his word to his people in chastisement and in, uh, in uh, punishment for their sins. And he was, he was uh, correcting them. It's hard, harsh, but it was for God's eventual plan of getting them to repent and getting them to... to uh, get the benefit of, of what God would have them to have. And so he says this to them. He says, it may be that the house of Judah will hear, talking about the word of God, the pronunciation, the, the, the preaching from Jeremiah, from God. He says, it may be that the house of Judah will hear all the evil which I purposed to do unto them, that they may return every man from his evil way, that I may forgive their iniquity and their sin." He says, I'm, I'm pronouncing these judgments, and they're rough, they're hard, they're evil to them. They're, you know, he's talking about the captivity in Babylon and you know, things that they had to go through. And he says, I'm, I'm giving this so that they would repent, so that return every man from his evil way. Why? That I may forgive their iniquity and their sin. God had his purpose in the, the proclamation of the word of God in in the, 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 the condemnation of their sin. His purpose is to bring them to repentance so that, that he would forgive their iniquity and their sin. Let's take a look at a different viewpoint. In Jeremiah chapter 38, verse number 4. This is when that message was delivered unto the people. This is the reaction of some of the people. Therefore the princes said unto the king, We beseech thee, let this man, Jeremiah, he's talking about Jeremiah and his preaching. Let this man be put to death, for thus he weakeneth the hands of the men of war that remain in this city and the hands of all the people in speaking such words unto them. You remember we dealt with this last week and the week before how that God said, okay, your nation is going under. You're going to be carried away into captivity. And all of those who were, who were patriotic, all of those who were uh, nationalistic, they wanted to fight for their land and fight for their country and fight for their people. And God said, no, no, don't fight. This is judgment of, from God, and I'm going to send you into captivity. So it's a, a very anti-nation, anti-patriotic message. And, uh, and they were going to be 
fighting against that, and, uh, and that's where, what these people are saying. Hey, hearing what Jeremiah is preaching, hearing the word of God, he's weakening the hands of the men of war that remain in this city and the hands of all the people in speaking such words unto them. And he says this about that preaching, about those words, about the word of God. For this man seeketh not the welfare of this people, but the hurt. So which is it? Is God's word preached to benefit the people? Or is it preached to destroy the people? And so the title of the message is, For Our Welfare or For Our Hurt? Let's stop here, ask the Lord's blessings, and we'll get into the message. Lord, thank you so much for this, your word. I pray that you'd help us to understand that it's a pertinent question that has to do with the message that you give us today. And it's how we approach that question that's going to allow us to answer it properly. And so, Lord, I pray that you help us to, to understand and to see the truth is your message to us, is your warning to us, your word to us. Is it for our welfare or is it for our downfall, for our hurt? Lord, I pray that you just open up your word to us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Both cannot be right. Either the word of God is for our welfare, for our good, for our blessing, so that we can get salvation, we can get the goodness of God, or what we have here, the word of God, the, the, uh, the, the judgments, the, the pronunciation of God, his truth, is for our destruction, for our hurt, to, to hurt us, to, to bring us grief and pain. But both cannot be right. Very different interpretations of the Bible. Of the message of God. One states that God's prescription, although hard to swallow, you know, he says the evil, and, that, and God was straight with it. He says, I know this is a tough message. I mean, what I'm telling you is, is hard to swallow. The evil in verse number three of chapter, chapter 36, you remember that first verse. Uh, it may be that the house of Judah will hear all the evil which I purposed to do unto them. Yeah, it was evil. Yeah, it was tough. A hard pill to swallow. The prescription that God said, this is what you're going to have to go through you know, to get around to, to dealing with me properly. And, and yeah, God's prescription, although hard to swallow, is for the people's ultimate good, for their health, for their benefit, their salvation. <clears throat> but the other way of looking at it is an indictment of the Lord's intention of being detrimental. God's just a killjoy. God just wants to cause us pain. And, and we don't want this burden. We, we don't want this, this shackle upon us. It's for the people's downfall, <clears throat> for their grief and for their pain, the hurt of the people. You know, there are many varied reactions to the proclamation of the word of God in the chapters surrounding uh, these two texts here, these two verses. Just as there are many and varied reactions to the Bible today. But before we get to the core of what we're going to focus on today, I'm going to note a few things about this proclamation, about the Word of God. Yes, the proclamation is contrary. Yes, the, the message that God had to the people was hard. It was, in God's words, evil. You know, meaning that it was really tough. Not something good, pleasant, and, you know, boy, this is great. No, no. It's very difficult. Um, let's take a look at the surrounding here and what is actually going on and what he's, he's telling the people. Jeremiah chapter 36. Look at from verse number 2. 
He says, take the roll of a book and write therein all the words that have spoken unto thee against Israel. Notice, notice how God's saying this, against. It's against Israel, which is the way that some would be taking the word of God. It's against us. It's not for us, it's against us. It's hard, but this, and God's admitting this is what I'm telling you. This is the, the warning that I'm giving you. It's against Israel and against Judah and against all the nations from the day I spake unto thee, from the days of Josiah, even unto this day. It may be that the house of Judah will, will hear all the evil which I purpose to do unto them. Now, God says there, this is my intention. I'm trying to hurt them. I'm trying to bring them pain. That was God's purpose. That's what he says, the evil which I purpose to do unto them, that they may return every man from his evil way, that I may forgive their iniquity and their sin. He goes, look at verse number seven in, in, the, in that chapter. He says, it may be that they will present their supplication before the Lord and will return everyone from his evil way for great is the anger and the fury that the Lord hath pronounced against this people. So you've got to understand, you've got to admit, yes, the proclamation is contrary. Yes, the proclamation is hard, is rough. Yes, it will cause pain, but that's God's purpose. He intended on doing that. That's his intention on his chastisement of his people. While yes, it's against sinners, it's harsh for the purpose of drawing repentance, but that's God's purpose to bring out repentance. And yes, the Bible is tough on sinners. Um, you know, coming to a church like this, you want to hear something good, you know, like the the, uh, uh, the, the gurus of, of pleasant things today. You, you want to hear something uplifting. You want to go to a place where it's uplifting and good. You don't want to hear any negative. And um, yeah, I, I like to also, I want to hear positive. I want to hear how good I am or how much potential I have and all that. Kind of, but sometimes I need to hear my condition of where I'm at so that I can get to the place where God can bless me. Um, but you come to a church where, you know, you, you have the word of God uh, preached and taught and, and, and made plain that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, all of us. There's none righteous, no, not one. The wages for sin is death. Goodness, that's, that's, a, that's a negative message. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's, it is against sinner or harsh, but it's to bring us to repentance. And folks, repentance is good. Repentance brings about his blessings. Jesus loves you, but that doesn't mean that he'll not ever tell you the truth. Some things that you don't want to hear. A good friend will tell you some things that you don't want to hear sometimes. Um, uh, just this morning, I saw one of you, I can't remember who it was, and, and your, your collar was up like this, you know, whatever it was, you know, and it was kind of funky, you know. And I thought, boy, you look really stupid, but not, <laughs> not good enough of a friend for me to tell you and just let you look stupid, you know, and that's, that's not a good friend. You want somebody to say, hey, man, you look stupid, okay? Look in the mirror, you know? You want to fix yourself. That's a good friend. That wasn't really that bad to where, you know, I don't really despise whoever it was, which I don't remember, which I'm glad I don't remember who it was now. But um, No, a, a good friend will, will get in your face and sometimes tell you some things that you don't want to hear. So just because Jesus loves you doesn't mean that he's never going to tell you something that is harsh. Because half of the word of God here is harsh. I mean, it, there's, there's a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, but getting to that pot of gold, man, that's tough. But that's what repent, repentance brings about his blessings. 
See, loving someone means that you must sometimes hurt them to help them around to their ultimate good. Do you know what intervention is? You know, did you ever see that where somebody had to, be, had, had to go through an intervention? They're hurting themselves. They're killing themselves. And although everybody just wants to say, oh, no, you're my friend and you're good and you're okay. And you're... No, they're going down. You've got to rescue them. You've got to get in their face. You've got to stop them. And it's hard. No one to hear that stuff. That's intervention if it's from the proper heart from folks who love that one that they're trying to stop. They're trying to uh, get in the way of such as things like surgery. Sometimes my doctor wants to do bad things to me because he hates me. (laughs) No, not actually. It's because it's for my good, isn't it? See, but the difference is when I go to the doctor, I have to have the right attitude. This guy is in my corner. He's, He's on my side. He's trying to help me. And so therefore, he says, okay, Rich, you need one of these, you know, things here. And I go, I love you. (laughs) That's not why I feel sometimes. But, hey, you've got to understand, and that's the way it is sometimes with surgery or a procedure. Helpful criticism. We just went through a staff retreat. Uh, We just come back from it uh, last uh, night. And uh, and thank the Lord. It 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 was wonderful. But it wasn't all positive. Uh, but we needed to change or improve or develop, and sometimes we have to deal with difficult things. But that's okay because the end. See, what we're looking at is the end. We wanna we wanna come to some things that are that are gonna help us, gonna gonna be to our benefit, folks. If you if you just don't ever want to be contradicted, if you don't ever want to be slapped down, told the hard truth, then you're gonna never get to the place to where you must change. I like that uh, that phrase. Uh, come as you are, you can change inside. <laughs> church marquee. <laughs> you know, because sometimes you say, they have these church marquees, hey, come as you are, period. And, you know, you come as you are and leave as you were. But no, actually, God wants you to change. And you can change inside here. Yeah, amen. That's cool. I like that. Put that on the side. <laughs> but if you don't ever want to be contradicted, then you're never going to get to the place to where you can change. But see, God's message is turn or burn. Now, we don't like to hear that. We don't like to hear God saying, you got to change, you must repent, but that's necessary so that we can get to God's goodness and blessing. But you got to understand, yeah, the proclamation is contrary. The word of God is negative sometimes. <clears throat> and look at what it says here in Jeremiah 36, verse number five. You know what, we're, we're going to, Skip that whole section. All right. <laughs> Next. All right. Uh, Jeremiah 36, 16. This, when, when the Bible is being preached and taught, what happens is uh, some respect the word of God, some honor God and fear God and, and listen, pay attention, heed God's word, and some uh, don't. But some respect it. Some believe what the Lord says. In Jeremiah chapter 36, verse number 16, it says, Now it came to pass, when they all heard the words, they were afraid, both one and other, and said unto Baruch, We will surely tell the king of all these words. 
They paid attention to God's warning. They believed the words. When, when Jeremiah's words came down and uh, he was in prison, God said, write these things. It's an it's a awful proclamation against the children of Israel. This is all the judgments that I'm going to do because of their idolatry, because of the pathway they're going, and they're going to have to go through all of these things and, and so that they, they can repent and get right so that I could eventually, ultimately bless them. But it was hard. It was difficult. And, and the, the, the crowd that heard that word at first they, they, they understood it. They heard it. They said, wow, this is important that all of us get this. Bring this to the king. I mean, our nation is going off. Let the king hear this because this is the, the, the hope. It's kind of weird that it would be uh, uh, ultimately the hope of the people. But that's what he's saying. They were saying, hey, listen, we, we, need to, we need to send this message to the king because they paid attention to the warning of God. They believed the words of God. But everybody didn't. Some believed the words of God, some despised it. Take a look at Jeremiah chapter 36, verse number 23. So he sent this word, and it says, And it came to pass that when Jehudai had read three or four leaves, this is right before the king, they're in this place where the king says, Hey, I'd like to hear that. Go ahead, bring me Jeremiah's words. I want to hear what God says. They, they brought it, and it was in a scroll, and it says there that... Uh, when, when uh, uh, Jehudai had read three or four leaves, the king cut it with the penknife and cast it into the fire that was on the hearth. That don't sound good, you know. He hears, uh, you know, what's going on and all that kind of stuff. This is what's God saying. So he, he takes out his penknife and he, and he, you know, cuts this thing out. He says, I don't like that. And he throws it in the fire. Wait, wait, wait a minute. This is God's word. This is what God said you need to have. You need to pay attention to this. And it was his warning. It's, it's how you can get to the blessing. And he says, I don't like that. He cuts it out and throws it in the fire. Goodness. And then it says, until all the roll was consumed in the fire that was on the hearth. The next couple of pages, you know what? I don't like that either. I don't like what God's saying here. I don't like Jeremiah and uh, the prophet. And this is harsh. This is too hard. Get that out. And so he takes his pen knife and he cuts that part out. Throws that in the fire. Read some more. I don't like that either. Cut that out. Throw that out. Burn that. Get rid of that. Some people believed God's word and some people despised it. And in verse 24 it says, And yet they were not afraid nor rent their garments, neither the king nor any of his servants that heard all these words. And the first crowd that heard that, they listened to the word of God, and they said, whoa, God is speaking to us, and he's telling us how we can be saved eventually. We've got to go through this medicine because we've got to repent of our sin, and this is what God's doing. We better pay attention. Everybody better pay attention. They feared God, and they feared his words, but not this crowd. No, no. Nobody flinched, taking out and cutting that and throwing, throwing God's word right from God through his prophet, Jeremiah, threw, threw it in the fire, the next page, in the fire, till it was all gone. And the Bible says that nobody was afraid. Not that crowd. Nobody's afraid, nor rent their garments, neither the king nor any of his servants that heard all these words. This wasn't just the reaction of wicked King Jehoiakim, but this was his whole court. Everybody that surrounded this king, nobody feared the word of God. Okay? You understand that? 
in this, in this bubble, nobody respected God's word. See, because they lived in a bubble. You know what an echo chamber is? You know, you heard that before, and you know, concerning politics or religion or some kind of science, whatever. You're in an echo chamber, meaning <clears throat> everybody that you associate with, everybody in your circle feels the same way about it, and you know, they just agree. Everybody agrees. You know, I think this is whatever. Oh, yes, that's right, that's good, that's good. And everybody in your circle is, it's called a, a, a bubble or an echo chamber. Everyone around the king fed on the same fare. They thought the same way. They respected and they despised the same things. You could say that they were biased by their news providers. <laughs> you, know, you know what? All I have to do, you say, there you go, it's politics. This is not politics. I'm telling you as it is. You know, all I have to do is listen. I could ask you certain questions about politics or about history, about our country, whatever, and I could tell you I could pretty much be accurate. I'm not a prophet nor the son of a prophet, but I could tell you which news venues you are listening to. <laughs> you know why? Because on this side, you know, the conservative, this is what they're saying. On this side, the liberal, this is what they're saying. And they're echo chambers. They're, they're nobody else but those that surround you. This is what they, and that's all they hear. And no, no wonder you've got people that are in politics that should be, you know, strung up and quartered because that's all they hear is that, you know, how crooked they are or, how, you know, whatever, because that's, that's uh, you know, how it is. Let me say this, folks. If there, there are opposite opinions, just like these two verses that we started with, one is the word of God, and God says, I'm giving this to you so that I can get you to forgive your iniquity. I want to forgive you. I want to pardon you. I want you to come to sell. I want this for your own good. And the other people say, no, this is for the people's hurt. This is terrible. This is awful. One's, you, they, they can't both be right, just like in politics or whatever. They can't both be right. Both sides cannot be right. Let me say this. Both sides may be wrong when it comes to human institutions. But more likely, one side is closer to the truth than the other. But what I'm saying is, when they're opposites, they can't both be right. Somebody's telling a lie. Or both of them are. We'd be very, we better be very careful today of hanging around people that just feel the same way that we do because we do. That doesn't make it right, and it doesn't make it virtuous. Just because everybody around your water cooler at work, they all believe this is right or this is wrong or whatever, everybody there, that doesn't make it right. There are echo chambers. There are bubbles that people live in, just like this king. He didn't respect the word of God. Not at all. I mean, he disrespected it. He despised it. Every, every few pages, cut it out, threw it in the heart. Don't want that. So get rid of that. We don't want to hear that junk around here. And everybody's saying, that's right. Neither do we. Nobody, nobody had a, a contrary opinion in that crowd because they were, they were in a bubble. Being in a bubble just makes us blind to reality because of our surroundings. The, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 11, verse number 19, As righteousness tendeth to life, so he that pursueth evil pursueth it to his own death. So here in this little section here, these few verses are, are connected, and they're talking about good and bad, right and wrong, 
black and white, up and down. They're talking about contrast here. There's, there's uh, life and there's evil. There's death. Verse 20, they that are of a froward heart are an abomination to the Lord, but such as are upright in their way are his delight. So there are those that please God and there are those who are evil. That don't please God, displease God, I guess you'd say. Now look at verse 21. This is God's, this is God's overview. He says, though, though hand join in hand, the wicked shall not be unpunished, but the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. Though hand join in hand, you know what that means? That means if everybody agrees, if everybody is of the same opinion in this section, and whoever it is, whether it's righteous or whatever, he says, if everybody agrees, if everybody feels the same way, everybody joins, joins forces and says, hey, we're all in, in unison, and we all feel this way. He says, it doesn't matter if you have a whole bunch of people that feel the same way. That doesn't make it right. Though hand join in hand, they shall not be unpunished. God says, you know, the whole world could be against me. But it doesn't matter. They're still coming and accounting a judgment. Though hand join in hand, they shall not be unpunished. It doesn't matter if everybody is doing it or everybody thinks it's okay. Sin is still sin. Wrong is still wrong. And right is still right, folks. Here's Jehoiakim, the king, in his little bubble of people. Some people that heard the word of God, man, they, were, they respected God. They feared God. And they said, hey, we need to heed this. This needs to be known. We need to all pay attention. But that's not the king. That wasn't this bubble. No, no, that microcosm of, of uh, thought, everybody around in his circle felt the same way. Pfft, we don't want that. Nobody, nobody fears God. Nobody, but it doesn't matter. Sin is still sin, no matter who says it's right, who says it's wrong. Drunkenness is still sin. No matter if it's from prescription opioids or illegal drugs or marijuana or alcohol. Listen, the Bible's very clear about drunkenness, about uh, losing sobriety, and God calls it sin. It doesn't matter, folks. It does not matter. I know we live in a, in a place nowadays where in this Christian realm, it's, oh, yeah, it's okay to moderately. No, it's not. That's not that is not what the Bible says. That is not God's opinion of, of alcohol. Not at all. And it doesn't matter that there's a great opinion of people that, no, no. If it's, if it's wrong, it's wrong. The killing of the unborn is still murder. I am sorry it doesn't matter, you know, what people say about it or think about it. No matter what country whitewashes the practice, it doesn't matter. Abortion is murder. It's killing an innocent. It's killing a life, a life that God gives, that God has formed, as the Bible says, formed in the womb. Have all your members, <coughs> everything about that unborn child is it's a whole different person with different blood and, and different DNA from, from the parent. Everything, and, and God is, has, has miraculously done that, and it's called in the Bible, those in the womb are called children, not blobs of cells. And it's not right to take a life. It doesn't matter that everybody's doing it or everybody thinks it's okay. No, 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 killing of the unborn is murder. No matter what, we, we legislate about that. Sex outside of marriage in any form, whether it be heterosexual or homosexual or pornographic, is still sin according to God and his word. He makes that clear. Selfishness 
pride, unforgiveness, lying, stealing, cheating are all still sins, no matter who thinks that they're not so bad. Because it's God's standards that we're going by if we're going to be standing before him. And folks, downplaying or rejecting or ignoring the free gift of God on the cross in disbelief is still the sin that will draw the righteous indignation of a loving father who offered his son in love for your pardon, no matter how many reject it. And there's a lot that, that have rejected and will reject. Does it matter? It doesn't matter. John 3.18, Jesus said, He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. For those who reject God's only life preserver, Jesus, for their salvation, they're condemned. And it's their unbelief. It's their, their infidelity that God says is unpardonable. It's, it's, it will bring a person to their righteous justice judgment. See, we get to think that we somehow are insulated from the accountability to the one who created us and warns us to flee from the wrath to come merely because all the people around us are infidels. And if all the people around us don't believe or they don't regard God's word, well, then we're okay and we're safe. No, no. The word of God is still true even in light of a wholesale rejection Romans chapter 3, verse 4 says, Let God be true, but every man a liar. It doesn't matter that every single person is contrary to God. God is still true. God is still right. Be careful of your echo chamber. You better pay attention to what God says. Jehoiakim, King Jehoiakim, was in this surrounding. Everybody felt just the way he did. And you know what? It didn't look that bad. If they were to take the word of God and, and start destroying it back in that first crowd when they read it and they said, We, we fear God. Are you kidding? Pay attention. Listen, this is what God says. And if somebody were to take and try to destroy it there, they would have all said, oh, no, don't do that. But you know what? Wasn't that kind of a reaction around Jehoiakim? No. He, he disrespected, he despised the word of God, and everybody around him also did. Folks, we live in a society just like that. You better be careful about where you're at there because you got to understand, those around us, are, they really do affect us. Okay, so let's get back to the text here and, and, and look at it. We'll, we'll read what happened in this, this uh, time that he destroys the word of God, and then we'll, we'll just make a few uh, uh, um, uh, evaluations on this. Okay, so uh, Jeremiah chapter 36, look at verse number 20. <clears throat> and they went into the king, into the court, but they laid up the roll in the chamber of Elishama, the scribe, and told all the words in the ears of the king. So remember that first group? They heard from Jeremiah the words that God uh, gave him, and then they brought it. Somebody said, hey, king, guess what? Jeremiah's got this word from God. He's the, the, God's prophet, and God spoke through Jeremiah, and he give, give, this is what it says. It says this, 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 and the king says, really? I, I'm interested. I'd like to hear what that says. And so, verse 21, so the king sent Jehudai to fetch the roll, and he took it out of Elishema, the scribe's chamber, and Jehudai, we read this just a minute ago, and Jehudai read it in the ears of the king, and in the ears of all the princes which stood beside the king. Now the king sat in the uh, winter house in the ninth month, and there was a fire on the hearth burning before him. And it came to pass that <clears throat> when Jehudai had read three or four leaves, 
He cut it with a penknife and cast it into the fire that was on the hearth until all the roll was consumed in the fire that was on the hearth. Yet they were not afraid, nor rent their garments, neither the king nor any of his servants that heard all these words. <clears throat> so let's take a look at people's reaction to the word of God, to the Bible. It's, it's God's word, scripture, what God says. There, there's three basic reactions. I've probably others, but many times there's three major general reactions to the word of God. Number one, you have the predetermined, but curious. You see... King Jehoiakim, he wanted to know, what does it say? I'm interested. Bring it here. I would like to hear this. Fetch the roll. Bring it, bring it here. So the king sent Jehudai to fetch the roll, the Bible says. And Jehudai read it in the ears of the king. <clears throat> this is the person, the, the person who is predetermined but curious. This is the person who wants to know God's position and God's determinations. They definitely don't want to discover the truth to follow it or obey the truth. They're just curious to know what God says. They want to know, what does the Bible say? You say this is God's word and this is God's viewpoint and you, you hear God's heart right out of this book. This is a letter from God to you and to me. And so, yeah, what, what does it say? What, what does the Bible say? And so they're curious about that. They're, they're curious, but they're predetermined. Oh, they're, they're not going to be following it. They don't want to, you know, hear it to follow it or to change their life. They definitely don't want to discover the truth to follow or obey the truth, but they're curious to know what God says. Jehoiakim falls into this category, this category. Otherwise, why did he request to have the scroll read to him? He was curious as to what God's perspective was. No intention whatsoever to obey. Just curious. Just wants to know. And you know what? There are people like that today. You might be here, and not because you're a believer or that you follow the Word of God or whatever, but you, you want to know, what do those crazy people think about, you know, uh, the Bible and what God says and stuff? And, you know, you'll hear that. I mean, at least here, you'll, you'll hear, this is what God says. Here it is. And, and uh, you know, to have that clear. And so some are just curious. Another example of this kind of a reaction to the Bible is Zedekiah in, Je in Jeremiah 38, verse number 14 through verse number 16. Zedekiah was a guy that threw Jeremiah in a dungeon, and uh, people that were so uh, negative against Jeremiah, they, they wanted to kill him. And so rather than killing him, he just tossed him into a dungeon that he would just kind of die slowly. But while he was there in the dungeon, Zedekiah really wanted to find out what does God say about this but he didn't want to he didn't want to go and bring out Jeremiah uh, you know in daylight and have everybody say what king you believe this stuff oh come on no he, he was kind of he was not a believer but he was curious he wanted to know he wanted to know what God said even though he threw uh, Jeremiah in prison, there's a lot of people that were forcing the issue and everything else, and he was fine with that. But he wanted to know what God said. And the Bible says in Jeremiah 38, verse 14, he says, I will ask thee a king, hide a thing, hide nothing from me. He's talking to Jeremiah. He says, I've got a question. Jeremiah, I've got a question. Then Jeremiah said unto Zedekiah, if I declare it unto thee, wilt thou not surely put me to death? And if I give thee counsel, wilt thou not hearken unto me? He says, you're not going to pay attention. Why do you want to know? 
I'm, I'm in prison because of what I'm saying, because of what the word of God, and you're saying you want to know? He says, yeah, I want to know. So Zedekiah the king swear secretly unto Jeremiah, saying, as the Lord liveth that made us this soul, I will not put thee to death. I, you know, and he's making a pact. He says, I want to know this. I want to know so badly that I'm going to hide it from everybody else that I'm even asking you know, because that's embarrassing, me asking, the, you know, because they, they might think I'm a, you know, Bible believer or something. So, you know, uh, you know I, I just would like to know. So he secretly says, don't worry about it. I'm not going to put you to death. Just tell him. I want to know. Tell me. And it's interesting. He tells him, he says, Zedekiah, this is what you need to do. If you want to save your skin, this is what you need to do. And he, he hears that, and he goes away. He, he's contrary to that and faces the judgment of God. Yeah, crazy, but nonetheless, there's another guy who was predetermined, but he was curious. And then there's some after the truth because they want to look like they're concerned. But they're just putting on a big show. And you know what? A lot of those kind of people are in church. <laughs> if, you, if you kind of take a look at it, I just kind of thought that. That must be of the Lord who threw that in my mind. But uh, here's this bunch afterwards, after the judgment started going into... into uh, uh, place here. They already knew what they were going to do before they heard from God, but they wanted to make a good show, and they asked Jeremiah, hey, come out here and tell us what God says. And you know what? Whatever God says, we're going to do it. We're going to obey. We're on God's side. We want to know what God says. And so Jeremiah chapter 42, look at verse number 3. It says, that the Lord thy God may show us the way wherein we may walk and the thing that we may do. They wanted to know, what does God say? What is God's will for us? What should we do? What does he want? They're asking about what God said. And they're asking about it because we, they said they wanted to do it. Then Jeremiah the prophet said unto them, I have heard you, behold, I will pray unto the Lord your God according to your words, and it shall come to pass that whatsoever the thing the Lord shall answer you, I will declare it unto you. I will keep nothing back from you. Then, said, then they said to Jeremiah, now listen, listen to their answer. And it's so putrid because they're hypocrites. Now, we know they're hypocrites because we read the rest of the story. But they're coming with such a great presentation. This is what they say to Jeremiah. The Lord be a true and faithful witness between us. If we do not, even according to all things for which the Lord thy God shall send, uh, send thee to us, whether it be good or whether it be evil, we will obey the voice of the Lord our God to whom we send thee, that it may be well with us that, we may, that when we obey the voice of the Lord our God. And he says, hey, we want to know exactly what God says. And, and Jeremiah says, listen, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you exactly what God says. I'm not going to hold anything back. I'm going to give it to you straight, unvarnished, unvarnished truth. I'm going to give it to you straight. And they go, yes, we want that. We want it straight. We want to hear what God says. Why? Because we want to obey. Yes, let's hear what God says because we want to obey. Boy, what a spiritual crowd. What a great, boy, wouldn't we love a church that way where everybody says, we want to obey. But see, in their heart, that's not really where they were. That's what they said, but that's not really where they were. It looks like Jeremiah caught the drift that they really weren't going to obey. Uh, chapter 42, this is when he comes back and he says, okay, this is what God says. <clears throat> For ye dissembled <clears throat> in your hearts when ye sent unto me the Lord your God, saying, pray for us unto the Lord our God, and according to all that the Lord our God shall say 
so declare unto us, and we will do it. He says, now listen, this is what you said, but you dissembled in your hearts. You're tricking yourself. You don't want to really obey. You're saying you want to obey. You're saying, yeah, anything that God says, that's what we want to do. It. We want to do. It. We want to obey. He says, but you, no, no, you dissembled in your hearts. And he goes on to say in verse 21, and now I have this day declared it to you, but you have not obeyed the voice of the Lord your God, nor anything for the which he has sent me unto you. And by the way, that was exactly right. Jeremiah said, okay, this is what God said. Listen, you can save yourself. You can get his blessing. You can get to the, the, the being, being saved and being, being blessed and being prospered uh, if you follow the directions. And they heard what God said and they turned around and look at their response in Jeremiah 43, verse number four. So Johanan, the son of Carrara, and all the captains of the forces and all the people obeyed not the voice of the Lord to dwell in the land of Judah. And you could read around there and, and read the whole story, but they then claimed that the proclamation was not God's word after all. We don't believe that's what God said. Wait a minute. They come and they say, tell us God's word. And when they hear God's word, they say, I don't think so. And they didn't obey. They said, whatever it is that God said, we'll obey. And you know what? They were predetermined but curious. They had in their heart already what they were going to do. You want to know something? I deal with that all the time. As your pastor, I hate counseling, but I counsel because I have to, you know. So I always say that I hate counseling. And so don't, don't not come to me for counsel because I'm there for your counsel. I just hate it. That's all. I'm just, anyway, <clears throat> many, many times I have somebody come to me and they say, Pastor, pray with me. Uh, there's a, a, I got a job over here and, you know, whatever, and, and I'm praying for God's will. And, and, you know, okay, well, sure, I'll pray for God's will for you. And then find out, well, they already, you know, packed the, the U-Haul and sold their, their house and, and they, they've already made the plans and whatever. <clears throat> and it's, there's no praying about it at all. You know, they, they just want to look spiritual. Pray that I get God's will. Oh, wait a minute. Is there a good church there where you're going? Well, no, not actually one within 350 miles, but that's okay. We'll just make the trek, you know, and it'll be okay. You know, we'll do that every Sunday. Yeah, sorry, it's not going to happen. You're going to hurt yourself spiritually if sometimes you do that. Or you take a job that's going to that's gonna require you to not be honest or, or <clears throat> to do some things that are contrary to God's word or whatever. Or, or sometimes there's something that people come and they say, uh, you know, we want God's will. I wanna, I'm trying to find God's. Should I get divorced or should I not? When you're already in an affair and, and this is, you've already, in your mind, no, this, this marriage is done and you're, you're asking for God's will. Are you, are you serious? You know, really? You just want to look spiritual. You want to look like you're looking for God's will. No, that's not. And that's what these people. Oh, we want to know. Tell us what, whatever God says, we'll do it. And then they hear what God says and they say, we're not going to do that. You know, What? That's because they were already predetermined what they wanted to do. Predetermined their... Why even ask God? That's not how you pray. Listen, believer, that's not how you pray. When you go to God, you say, God, what do you want me to do? And, and listen for his answer, and he will lead you his will. Not your will. Predetermined. As they were predetermined to ignore, to do their own will, do whatever they wanted to do, but they still asked for the word. How about you? Want to know what God says about the issues of the day? 
Let me say this. Curiosity doesn't get you any closer to God. Okay? These kind of people that are just curious, I want to know what God says, doesn't get you any closer to God. You can know all about the Bible and be an unspiritual sot. What is a sot? I don't know what a sot is, but (laughs) sounds really bad, you know. (laughs) But just knowing the Bible, knowing what God says, doesn't do anything. They they wanted to know, but they were kind of predetermined. Then you got this kind of person, number two. The predetermined and contrary. The ones that, that, even before they see what God says, they're already opposed to God. They're, they're not trying to pretend like, they're not trying to look like they're saved or spiritual or whatever. I mean, they hate God, and they know whatever it is that God says, I'm against it. You know, it's like voting coming along uh, shortly, and I hope you vote. You should be a good uh, uh, citizen and, and vote your, your conscience and vote, you know, biblically uh, what the Bible principles are. But uh, sometimes there's somebody that I don't know who they are or, you know, I'm not familiar with them and I'm supposed to vote yay or nay and up or down for, for something or somebody. A lot of times you can find out what a person is by who's for them or who's against them. <laughs> you don't have to know them. Just know, you know, who likes them, you know, <laughs> and that's all you got to know. Um, <clears throat> but there are some who, they're contrary to God and it doesn't matter what God says, they're just against it. They're, they're going to be contrary. They hate God. They know whatever it is that God says. I'm going to, I'm going to be the, the, the opposite of that. And that's these people. Uh, in Jeremiah chapter 38, verse number 4. It says, <clears throat> that's the, the text that we started with. Therefore the princes said unto the king, We beseech thee, let this man be put to death. Kill Jeremiah. Let him be put to death. For thus he weakeneth the hands of the men of war that remained in the city and the hands of all the people and speaking such words unto them. For this man seeketh not the welfare of this people, but the hurt. Listen, he's hurting us. Whatever God said, it's hurting us. It's not for us. And they were, they were predetermined. Hey, if it's from God, don't go there. <clears throat> because God is a killjoy. Because God just wants to cause you pain. Because God wants to just bring you down here. I mean, we're, we're revolting against authority. Revolting against God. They're predetermined. Before they come to even hear what God says, they're contrary. They've prejudiced, they've prejudged God to be detrimental to their welfare. They have an indictment of God even before hearing him out. It doesn't matter what God says. He can't be for us. He can't love us. He can't be in our corner, want our good. So they're predisposed to oppose him. And that's what they do. And it doesn't matter what God says. There's so many things that God wants us to gain and be blessed by. But it doesn't matter. They're, they're contrary because they're predetermined and contrary. And then look at the, the last class here. Those are people that hear the word of God and they're predetermined to conform. In other words, they hear and, and they know God's character and they trust God. They know that what God is saying to me, it's for my good. I might not see that. I might not like to go through the difficulty that you know, God prescribes for me to get to blessing, but I know it's for my good. And so they're, they're predetermined to, I'm going to pay attention to whatever it is that God says and mean it and, and, and truly mean it. Verse number three, God says, It may be that the house of Judah will hear all the evil which I have purposed to do unto them, that they may return every man from his evil way, that I may forgive their iniquity and their sin. See, this is what God's heart was. He wanted their good. 
<clears throat> he wanted to be connected to them. He wanted to be, have them to be forgiven. These are the people who see the Lord on their side. He loves them, and they know that he loves them. He's a good God, and they trust his character to want their benefit and their blessing. And don't you know, listen, friend, anything that you read of in God's word, it's for you and for me. When you, when you hear of, just in Sunday school class earlier, Brother Nazi's class, I was privileged to be there. Man, that was deep. That was good stuff. But it was, and, and, and Brother Nazi kept on emphasizing how and it was God that wants to do these things because he's, his pleasure is to give us these. His pleasure is to have us to enjoy and to be connected and, and to be raised up and have all these. See, that's God's attitude for us. He loves us. And you know what? If you know that God, just like when you go to the doctor, if you know, well, this is for my good. Don't hate him. Pay attention to what he's got to say because it's going to help you. It's going to help you. Now, I'm telling you that, but I still hate doctors. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm working on that, okay? So I am. I'm working on that. <clears throat> but it doesn't matter what the prescription is that God gives us, even if it's evil or hard or harsh. That's what God says. Hey, this is hard. This is going to be hard for them to swallow. But you know what? They, they better. They should because if they get through this, they pay attention. They take their medicine Man, I got some good for them. And the person that understands this is the heart of God, they're predetermined when they hear God's word, predetermined to conform. Okay, whatever it is, that's what I'm doing. You can do whatever you want, Joshua says, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I don't care what it is, he says. I don't care if it's hard. I don't care if it's easy. I'm going to do what God says. And, and you know what? If you're predetermined to follow it because you believe that God is good, then you find God's love and his compassion, his protection, his blessing in your life. What you've got to determine today, see, folks, as we apply this, is the question is, is God for your welfare or God for your hurt? That's what they were, they were uh, divided on. Some really thought God was for their hurt. He just wanted to cause them pain, grief. But you know, some said, you know what? God is for my welfare. Pay attention. This is going to help me. God, I'm, I'm, I'm listening. I, wanna, I want your solution. I want, I want you to have. And so therefore, you have the two ways. In Jeremiah 38, verse number four, we started with this. Therefore, the princes said unto the king, uh, let this man be put to death, for he weakeneth the hands of the, of the men of war. He, they said in the last part of that verse, he doesn't seek the welfare of his people, but the hurt. Is God for your hurt? Or is God for your welfare? As God says, it may be that the house of Judah will hear all the evil which I purpose to do unto them, that they may return every man from his evil way. That I may forgive their iniquity and their sin. That's what God was trying for. He's getting at. He was, he was. He was hoping that they would go ahead, pay attention, understand. I'm not for your hurt. I'm for your welfare. Is God on my side? Yeah, He truly wants to bless me. I've got to go through repentance, but the end is pardon, forgiveness, and acceptance and blessing. Now listen. You're here and you need to be saved. You know, the tough thing about it is you've got to come as a sinner. 
got to come as undone. You got to come as you can't do it on your own. You can't, you cannot make it on your own. And that's hard. Yeah, that's hard. It's, it's hard for us to take in, in our pride, in our arrogancy. It's hard for us to take. But you know what? It's the truth. You got to come as a sinner. And boy, by the way, everybody here that's a believer has come the very same way. You got to come through repentance. But when you do, there's the Lord and he accepts us and then you get into his family. He's, he adopts you into his family and you get blessings and you get the inheritance of glory. So the question is, is God for your welfare or your hurt? How, you know, when you're listening to the word of God, how do you come at it? Do you know that God is for your welfare or do, or do you think that he's for your hurt? Don't believe the devil. Don't believe those lies. He's not for your hurt. Every head bowed. Nobody look for just a moment. <clears throat> just very simply, I mean, the word of God is laid out. And I'm just going to ask you, if you're here without Christ today, you've never been born again. Well, you know about the Lord, but you've never been introduced to Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. And you need to be born again, born into his family. Maybe you don't even understand the term, but you know that's not, that's not taking place in your life. And you've never been born again. Would you be honest just for a moment and allow me to pray for you? I won't come to you or embarrass you or call out your name if I knew it. I, I would like to just pray for you. Say, preacher, pray. Pray that I find the goodness of God. Pray that I get on his side. Pray that, that, that I understand, eventually understand and, and, and get born again. Jesus said, you must be born again, otherwise you're not going to see the kingdom of God. You're not going to heaven without being born again. Preacher, pray, I believe that. Pray for me that I get born again before it's eternally too late. Would you pray for me? And I'll do that. Just put your hand up and put it right back down and say, Preacher, that's me. I, I'm listening to the Word of God. I, I want to know the Word of God, but not just for curiosity. I, I, want, I truly want to, want to be one of His. Would you put your hand up and put it right back down and say, Preacher, pray for me, and I'll do that. Thank you. I see that hand. Anybody else? In, you can, you can be so bold as with this one and say, that's me. Preacher, that's me. I, I, I really, truly want to get this thing settled. And I, it's not. It's not yet. Would you pray for me? I'll pray for you if you allow me to. Okay, believer, what about you? You know the Lord. And you're, you listen to God's word, but do you listen to it predisposed to do it? Understanding uh, before you even hear, are you predetermined to conform to God's word? Is that, is that settled in your heart, no matter what it is? Whatever God says, that's what I'm doing. No matter if I like it or don't like it, no matter if it's hard or not hard, no matter if it's going to make some changes in my life, in my walk, in my words, in my, in my activities, or not, I'm, go I'm predetermined. I'm, I'm going to do it because I know it's for my good. And m maybe you're not there, but God is speaking to your heart right now. And what you need to do is you need to get there. You need to get predetermined. You need to get predisposed to doing what God wants you to do. Make those decisions. It's a decision. It's a decision that's made right here, right now, for your life, for this week, for your future. How about it? I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but if God's speaking to your heart, I think there's some business that we need to do with the Lord right now, this morning. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to hearts. I pray that you'd, you'd deal with each one of us. Help us, Lord. Help us.